0: On the show today, Rich and I are joined by Joe Wilson to discuss alternative holiday meats for your family feast, and we'll talk about our favorite Christmas movie. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and you're listening to the December 5th, 2022 edition of Coffee and co Well, today we are uh, happy to be joined by a friend of ours, uh, the one, the only Joe Wilson. Joe, thanks for being back on the show. It's always a pleasure to have you on.
1: Man, I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: (laughs) So I want to talk about uh, this is the Christmas season. You know, it's uh, we just got past Thanksgiving. Uh, There are a lot of people who sit down now and have to figure out, Okay, my family's coming back over again in a few weeks. I have to see them another time. How do I feed all these rascals? And uh, some people go for turkey again after Thanksgiving. Some people do a ham. Uh, In our family, we do a big old giant uh, uh, lamb crown Um, but I I wanted you to get your take on this because I figure if there's any way to make Christmas interesting on how what we serve and and how tasty it is you are the man to make that happen so if you're sitting down and you're looking for an interesting alternate meat for your family feast on Christmas what is that
1: well first of all if we're gonna go with that turkey I'm going to shake it up a little bit. I'm going to take about six packs of some tamales, chop them up, stuff that turkey with the tamales, and that last 20 minutes, I'm going to pour a big old can of enchilada sauce over the top of that turkey, and it'll be spectacular. But that's if you're going turkey. For me, man, I'm I'm leaning towards why not cook a good, thick, inch-and-a-quarter ribeye for everybody. And and the reason why I choose ribeye over a prime rib is because I could give everybody exactly what they want. And you know, the flavor for the steak is always on the outside. So when you're cooking that prime rib, your tongue's only going to taste flavor around that outside rim to where whenever you cook the steak, you're going to get Top, bottom, both, all sides, you're going to get everything with flavor. And so ribeye is a, is a great thing to cook for the Christmas. Um, but big pot foods, man. I mean, whenever you're talking cooking in a big gumbo pot, you can do your your jambalaya, you could do dirty rice, you can do all kinds of things. And so Christmas doesn't have to be turkey and ham. Although I found out the other day the brown and serve roll was invented in Arkansas, and so that's pretty cool. Um, (laughs) So I think if I was going to surprise you guys with something out of the box, I would probably do a taco bar for Christmas and that's (laughs) something that my family has done a pile over the years we just do a huge taco bar people are coming over they're gonna eat everything on the table and you don't have to stand out there and try to cook a a turkey for four five six hours um you it's just the most economical way to get through Christmas is through tacos.
0: Okay, I gotta say, I, I expected a lot of crazy answers here. I did not expect Taco Bar, and I fucking love that idea. <laughs> well, I mean, I love taco that idea. Bar.
1: First of all, if you want some green and red on the menu for the Christmas, I mean, tomatoes and cilantro is going to get you through that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, if you build a taco bar, you have three or four different meats. You got all your condiments sitting there. It could be as pretty as you want to make it. And who doesn't like a taco?
2: You know, that speaks to a good point. You, sometimes with these holidays, we get hung up on what's traditionally served. And there are people who love the traditional setup. But a lot of us, I find, are kind of meh on it. But we'll end up serving these things just because. So I've had Christmases where I've served racks of ribs. Uh, I did a tenderloin last year. I'm actually also leaning towards uh, some ribeyes this year do some big, uh, some bone-in ribeyes and then maybe, there uh, you
0: go. uh,
2: slice those up. And cause you know, kids don't need a, a 20 ounce bone-in ribeye, but, uh, at the taco bar, I- I'm with Brad here. That's one that I wouldn't have thought of, but it works perfectly because, you don't have one person standing around waiting on everything to get cold while everybody else serves or, you know, up and down trying to get everything on the table. You can just go through the line, sit down and eat and, you know, enjoy your day.
1: Enjoy it, tacos.
2: Yes. You could even uh, throw the uh, some of the Mexican angle in it. Back when I worked for a, a local NBC, we covered a uh, a traditional Mexican uh I think it was a Christmas Eve gathering where there's this whole thing where uh, there's like a song or something. This has been years ago, so I'm not going to get the specifics, but somebody stands outside the door, and knocks and, you know, you don't let them in. So it's kind of the, the you're recreating Joseph and Mary and their thing were all these uh, tamales. So that gets into your uh, your tamale stuffed turkey and uh, you could also throw some pozole in there which uh, oh, in yeah. traditional is a uh, is going to be made with a uh, tripe which is not something i've ever tried i actually considered it on friday night we were at a kind of a traditional mexican restaurant and they had tripa on the menu but i uh, ended up going for some carnitas instead but
1: you know. well the cool thing about tamales rich is everybody gets a present to open
2: <laughs> whether you're good or bad,
1: <laughs> whether you're good or bad, now are gonna open up a corn corn wrapper.
0: It, at my house, we do tamales for breakfast on Christmas Day.
1: Same not deal. Not it's just a it's a happy package yeah. to open.
0: Yeah, it's and it's a it's a good time, and we uh, I do them with scrambled eggs. And so, if you want to have like just your tamale and eggs, you can. If you want to have tortillas, we have tortillas and stuff to do that, but. I love the idea of moving that whole shebang to nighttime and just doing taco bar. That sounds so fantastic. The Christmas taco bar. Cuz you could you could do stuff that every, you know, everybody's happy then. You could do you could do steak tacos, you could do chicken tacos. You can make so much of that stuff ahead of time. Just plop it down on the table, everybody mows it down and and you move on with your night.
1: Cuz let's face it, the organization at this Christmas dinner sucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you've got everybody upset hoping that the turkey isn't dry. Uh, you're, you're almost on the, the point of botulism on a lot of this food that the, that the in-laws bring over. <laughs> so I just a simple taco bar with lots of condiments. You can decorate that however you like. And I promise you, Christmas will be flawless, and people will hope to come back next year. I'm, I'm fed up with turkey. Now, if, if you really want to go into the exotic stuff, I mean, rabbit makes a great showstopper at any meal. If you, if you can find a rabbit and you cook a rabbit on there. I know you guys are interested in squirrel because we've talked about it in the past. Uh, squirrel and dumplings are always a real Crowd pleaser, as long as you don't get that last spoon out of the pot, because that's where the bones are. But, uh <laughs> I mean, in all, we should just settle on tacos and be happy. Actually, I'm I'm intrigued by the
0: rabbit thing. Tell me, how would you do rabbit for a, for a meal like this?
1: So, you know, you can roast a rabbit just like you could roast a chicken or you can roast a turkey, and whole rabbit is something that most butcher shops are going to have. We're kind of blessed up here in Northwest Arkansas to where we have uh, the largest rabbit producer in the country, Pelfreason. And, uh, That rabbit, whenever you roast a rabbit, they're super lean. Um, They kind of need some additional fat to them. So I'm the guy that's anti-wrap stuff in bacon. I I hate it because I typically find that your bacon turns out worse than it would um, in any other way you cook bacon. So if you like bacon that much, just cook some damn bacon. Don't wrap everything in (laughs) bacon. But. Stuffing that rabbit with a with a good sausage stuffing and uh, baking it and basting it um, is is exceptional. Uh, I've never served rabbit to anybody who didn't like it. Now you may have to cut it off of the bone for them and feed it to them that first bite, but uh, the second bite they'll come right back to it. I was actually going to throw a a rabbit cook in in Rogers, Arkansas, and pale freeze contacted me and asked if I would be uh, willing to do it. I told him I would, but I had to choose the date. So I wanted the date to either be the weekend before Easter or the weekend after, cause I thought no <laughs> one gives a shit if you're eating a rabbit, but they care a lot if you're eating the Easter bunny. And, and uh, believe it or not, they weren't opposed to this deal. And I kinda, I was all in. I knew I was gonna be on CNN one way or another. And uh, <laughs> but uh, COVID come around and we had to cancel this, the rabbit cook off, but it's a great food, man. You, when you talk about rabbit, the rabbit loins they actually call them tenders are are just fantastic, they hold their moisture well. You cook them to about 135, pull them off, they'll go up to about 150 as they cool, and uh, they're sweeter. Um, you can dress them up just like you would any other chicken tender with sauces. So it's a it's a fantastic deal. They go good in the taco as well.
0: See there we go. We I can bet. merge these two ideas, Rich. We can merge <laughs> yeah. the two ideas. Taco bar with rabbit.
2: Now, this, this is on a completely different holiday, but Joe, your discussion about Easter, remind me there's an anecdote I have to share here. So my brother-in-law and his wife years ago, before any of us had kids, they had these two large dogs and they were living out in kind of the country in Siloam Springs, Arkansas. And they wake up on an Easter morning and look out the window and see their two dogs playing tug of war. With something, and quickly realized that it's a rabbit, which they <laughs> split in half. So that was how their Easter started with seeing their dogs rip this rabbit in half in the backyard.
1: Boy, so. that sounds like my backyard, Rich. Uh. <laughs>
2: so. I haven't had that excitement here. When I used to live in Bella Vista, we'd get some more varmint. So the whole excitement I've had here is when we first moved in, my, my big main idiot dog got loose. And uh, normally when he gets loose, he stays gone for a while. But this time he came back pretty quickly, very proud, holding a semi-frozen squirrel that he had found somewhere. <laughs> which I then had to coax away from him and uh, keep on ice until the garbage came the next day since he found this about 30 minutes after the trash truck came.
1: Oh, Lord. Hey, I'm going to tell you guys something. I listen to your podcast every time a new one drops, and and uh, I learned a lot from listening to you guys. It's a uh, it's a great show, and I I need to do a better job of telling other people about it because um, there's a lot of good information in your guys' stuff. Rich is always I, I get a big kick out of reading his articles; they're fantastic. He brings humor to everything, and and uh, so you guys are great.
0: Thank you, Joey. We, we really appreciate Thank that. You. Yeah.
2: So while we're on the topic of podcast, uh, I think you should go ahead and and sell your own podcast right now because you're not only a guest, you're also a host.
1: Yeah. So we have a podcast called Cooking Up a Story with Aaron and Joe, and it's available on all podcast uh, providers. But our show uh, deals with a bunch of off-topic stuff. Uh, We've had everything from ghost hunters to uh, musicians. I was telling you guys off uh, earlier that we had Gary P. Nunn on the show, who's a big-time Texas legend. Uh, We've had soldiers. We've had police officers. We have everybody. But the goal of our show is to try to bring people together and and, uh, laugh. Uh, We talk about food. We talk about politics. We talk about – Everything. And when I mean everything, I pretty much mean everything. So <laughs> our show our show uh, <laughs> airs once a week, and it, it's just amazing. Matter of fact, on the show we're going to record this week, we have the two 2016 World Champion of Steak going to be on our show and go through the process of, of cooking a World Champion Quality Steak. He also led a uh, Sanger, Texas, high school to the uh, world champion high school barbecue championship this year, and they wound up winning that. So he's a, he's an educator on the fire, smoke, and, and flesh realm.
0: God bless Texas.
1: <laughs> God bless it, man. You know, we talked about Texas on this last week's show. The the real difference between Texas and Arkansas is, is in Arkansas, we don't have to be reminded that we live in Arkansas. We just know it. And in Texas, you have to put a picture of Texas on every single thing that you purchase, or you'll forget you're in Texas.
0: Yeah, we're really bad at that.
1: (laughs) I mean, I knew that it was a, a, a real deal when... Toyota truck started having Texas edition on them yeah uh, in San Antonio it, <laughs> yeah I mean everything and then Waterburger spread up here to Arkansas and and uh it's kind of a revolution you know I, I hear people talk about the number two all the time at at Whataburger so we had a uh a blood tracker, a houndsman on the show from East Texas last week. And we learned a lot about that whole aspect of, of, tracking deer and tracking people using dogs. So really, really interesting.
0: Joe, I'll tell you, um, uh, here in Austin several years ago in an out burger from LA came in and they were shocked, <laughs> shocked to find that people here were perfectly fine with their water burger and didn't care all that much. That In N Out was here. Now, what has happened is that uh, we've unfortunately had a lot of uh, jackasses from California move here. And so, uh, but it turns out they're the only ones that really go to In N Out on a regular basis because everybody here's like, eh, we got Whataburger.
1: You know, I, I think that you can tell the diversity of a community by how many different styles of pizza you have. I think the when people first move to a town, they're there, they think they like it, and they think, shit, I really wish I had some Chicago deep dish. And <laughs> next thing you know, there's a Chicago deep dish. Or, boy, you know, everything's cool here, but that New York style is what I want. I think if you move to a place, you should just enjoy their food. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like that. I like that a lot. Um, okay, so before we go, uh, Joe, what is your favorite holiday movie at this time of year? What do you like to watch?
1: Man, I'm, I'll start turning on You'll Shoot Your Eye Up Kid about right now yep. and just run it nonstop to irritate my family.
2: No, you you never antagonize anybody, though. I don't believe it. I
1: mean, yeah, I'll turn on that uh, leg chandelier that's sitting over in the corner. I'll run the the little fake fireplace out here in the man cave and run that show nonstop. But uh, my wife is avid about holiday-themed movies, and so we'll wind up watching them all.
2: Rich, what about you? I am a Christmas vacation guy. Uh, My family calls me Clark uh, because I I tend to go over the top. This year, I'm kind of disappointed. There's been a a kind of a crunch on the Christmas tree supply chain. Not that they're not available, but the prices have gone uh, way up. Normally, I like to buy them. There's an Optimist Club lot, and I believe the, the proceeds go to sending kids to summer camp. And they weren't able to operate this year because they said their costs were too prohibitive to be able to do it. So I went to another place today with the kids and normally I buy the the tree. That's so big. I end up having to like wire it to the wall because there's not a stand big enough to hold it. And, uh, <laughs> This year I went with a subdued like nine, nine or ten foot tree that like is standing up on its own. So kind of kind of disappointed in myself this year. So maybe I'll trap a live squirrel to put in there to liven things up.
1: <laughs> Worst Christmas tree we've ever had in our house is my wife and, and my uh, in-laws went to a friend's property and cut down a cedar bush. And brought that inside the house while I was at work. And when the heater was running, every seed tick on the cedar bush jumped off. (laughs) My whole house was full of damn ticks. The cedar bush got thrown out the door into the yard. Abruptly brought down to the creek with gasoline poured on it and caught on fire. And guess who was the asshole?
0: (laughs)
2: That is right out of a Christmas movie right there. (laughs) That's why Christmas movies so great. It's more documentary than comedy.
0: (laughs) I absolutely love that. All right, Brad, what
2: about you? What's your favorite?
0: (laughs) Well, you guys both mentioned the two movies that I like watching at Christmas time the most. I'll I'll be honest. I dislike that Christmas movies start so damn early. Like, every year it seems like Christmas starts earlier and earlier. Um, uh, You know, like Target and Walmart were putting out their Christmas stuff uh, before Halloween was even here. And uh, those Hallmark movies start running in, like, October now. Um, which is kind of crazy to me because I, I I enjoy Thanksgiving a lot as a holiday, so I like to have my Thanksgiving and then I like to have my Christmas. Um, but uh, both Christmas Vacation, um, and, and the Christmas Story are, are great. Uh, if I had to pick a third one, I'd say it's Elf, um, which I enjoy quite a bit. Um, of course, I'd watch uh, Zoe Deschanel read the phone book, but um, uh, I like that movie quite quite a bit as well
1: so you know where the disruption is going to come from it's going to be from all the die hard bruce willis people
0: yeah and i love and i love die hard i'm i'm really sad we did a whole show on on bruce uh when he retired i'm sad to see that uh Bruce is, is no longer to be part of acting because
2: uh you know he's a legend yeah. absolutely now now joe where do you fall on this it, do you watch die hard during the christmas season or are you against die hard as a christmas movie <sighs>
1: Well, man, I don't have split screens, so the Christmas story's running, so there's no way I'm gonna be <laughs> <laughs> It's
2: like TBS at your house, except all black. My- <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So, now if I was gonna say, I, you know, Die Hard's been on during Christmas for a long time. I think it's morphed its way into, into the Christmas spirit. There, um, I've got a good friend in Florida. Who he actually decorates his house for Christmas with the die hard theme. Uh, <laughs> <he's>...
0: <laughs> that's great. What a great idea. <laughs>
1: yeah, well he's an odd sucker just like me, but um yeah, man. That's that's where I stand. But so are you guys eating tacos for Christmas?
0: I, I think you got me convinced. I, I don't know if I could convince the rest of the family, but you got me convinced for sure.
2: Yeah, I think that's uh, where I'm going to land. I'll probably end up doing the ribeyes. Uh, now, let me ask, though, Joe, uh, not to, to circle back too far. Are you a, a just a straight cook? Are you a reverse sear? Like, what's your technique when you're going to do a ribeyes like that for Christmas?
1: So, you know, I've, I've been a part of cooking 40,000 ribeye steaks, and Unless that ribeye is cooked or cut two inches or so, there's no point in reverse sear. We're kind of a four minute type uh, ribeye cook, and that's what all of the world champion ribeyes are cooked like. We cook them hot and fast. Um, we kind of we go with max out flavor and a good solid sear. We're cooking our steaks to so about one thirty five internal and they turn out perfect so man i'm just i'm really not a reverse sear guy i do that on tri tips and other big cuts of beef but a but a ribeye deserves to be patted dry so it's not steaming and uh placed over hot fire and and let her rip uh People seem to like it, and I've fed a lot of people ribeye steak.
0: So, how do you how do you season those when you do those? Um, obviously, seasoning something for forty thousand people is one thing, but if you're doing it for your family, or you're doing a whole bunch of ribeyes for Christmas. Well, are you just a simple salt and pepper guy? Do you have a, a rub you put on that? How do you do it?
1: So, you know, I have my own rubs, but there's a lot of a lot of steak specific rubs out there. Um, Poncho and Lefty brand is is exceptional. If you go to Lowe's. Uh, my friend Eric Hodson, his products there, it's called white lightning. Um, and then they're all salt, pepper, garlic heavy. Um, but they also add just a little something extra that you're after. So we heavily season them. We let that moisture, you'll know that this steak is kind of salt brining by the moisture will rise up out of the steak, put a little bit of moisture on the top. We'll pat those steaks dry. And I can't stress enough, a dry steak going on the fire is going to give you what you're after. If there's any moisture on there, it will steam and you'll wind up with that ugly gray steak that people post on Facebook. And, um, I hate seeing that it kind of gives me chills, (laughs) but if you want something with a good heavy crust, uh, I would buy a steak-specific rub, and you can find those, man, at any of your grilling specialty stores. But Lowe's has done a really good job of bringing competition seasonings to the market, and I'm not affiliated with those people in any way, but there's a rack there, and, you, and you'll see you'll see world champions on it, and they didn't get work to be world champions without providing good product. Um, sweet Swine of Mine Distributing. Uh, Mark Lambert, he's a seven-time world champion. He's a good friend of mine. He sells a perfect steak combo kit on his website, and it's the real deal. Um, Our 40,000 steaks that we've cooked over the last five years, we developed our own seasoning for them. So that way we're kind of like McDonald's. Any place in the country we go to, the steak's going to taste the exact same. We don't specialize for anybody. We give them just what we consider a top steak every time with the same flavor profile. But don't be afraid to go heavy. I I see a lot of people going way too light on that seasoning. A lot of it's going to burn off or, or drip off during the cooking process. And it's better to get it on during the cook than after the cook.
0: See, there we go. Advice from a true expert. Well, Joe, thanks so much. We appreciate you being on today.
1: Anytime, guys, and uh, one day I'm going to get the both of you on my show.
0: Yes, and I've
1: got a couple secret questions I'll ask
2: you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The audience doesn't know it, but we know what one of those questions is.
1: (laughs) I just tell you, man, the safest way is a mirror on the ground. <laughs> so, all right i appreciate y'all i'll catch you soon
2: all right thanks you <laughs>